Welcome to Out of Breath, where you'll embark on a no-holds-barred journey through the gritty realities of sleep apnea and sleep dentistry. Award-winning, board-certified otolaryngologist Dr. Madhan Kandula and best-selling author Jason Tierney pull no punches as they dissect the industry's flaws and triumphs, providing you with an unvarnished look at the dynamic and ever-evolving world of better sleep. I wrote a book. You did. Congratulations. Thanks. That is a... A uh, easier said than done, correct? It was a breeze. No, you're wrong. No, it was all, it was very challenging because you know I've I've written a ton over the years. Yeah, for others, you right? Know, I've ghost written a bunch of stuff, but writing, and, and even then, writing two hundred pages or whatever it mm. is, um, is a lot different than writing you know a three page abstract or something like that. What's the hardest part? Like with all things, it's doing it. And, and doing it, is it the start? To me, I would feel like the hardest part isn't necessarily the start. It's the morass of the middle. Yeah, it's all of it. Stephen Pressfield refers to it as the resistance. Mm-hmm. The, the resistance is, you know, identifying, coming up with all of these reasons not to do sure. what our soul or whatever you want to call it tells us we need to do, right? Mm-hmm. What is some artistic endeavor opening a new practice, incorporating a new procedure, writing a book, sure. writing a song, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, you find all of these reasons and many of them seem valid mm-hmm. why you can't do what needs to be done. Sure. And sometimes it, they're fairly obvious. You know, the resistance comes in the form of like, who am I to write a book? I'm not even a dentist. Yeah. Why I can I, I, I'm, I, I'm not credentialed to write this book. Um, and then other times it's things like, well, I really need to get this laundry done. Mm-hmm. Or I would write more. I mean, at one point I went to New Orleans mm-hmm. and I told my wife before I left, I'd begun working on the book and I said, I'm leaving, going to New Orleans for a month, rented this house. When I come back, I will have a book in hand. Ooh, how'd that go? I probably wrote less during that. I probably wrote a hundred words because I found all these, you know, it was like, you're in New Orleans. I've got, I've got, well, I'm in New Orleans. I've got all this other work, you know, my, my day, day job, job that sure. I need to do. Yeah. So I just didn't have time. But what it really is, is it's fear. It's, mm-hmm. it's fear of the unknown. It's fear of failure. It's fear of success. It's, it's all of those things. It's fear. Yeah. Well, and there's a vulnerability in, yes. I mean, every word, every, you know, every word, every paragraph, every page, every chapter is whatever, just putting the truth as you see it out in the world. And the world is a brutal <laughs> place filled with horrible critics. Yes. Um, but congratulations. I mean, that, that, again, I think, I think for the uninitiated, for somebody, I've never written a book, so, uh, but I have mad respect for those that have. <clears throat> and so I think though most people kind of don't understand. It, it, I feel like uh, the, the writing the book, uh, writing a book analogy is, is a good, kind of um, construct to think about because I, everybody's read books, everybody sees books. We dismiss or don't, um, I don't think we uh, honor the the effort, the work, the individual turmoil that goes into that. And anybody who's done it mm-hmm. probably um, gets it in a way that anybody who hasn't won't ever. And, but I would say that's probably very, very much true with um you know, with a lot, it's true with other things, but I think it's almost, um, 
especially true with a book. Um, so yeah, that's great. Yeah. You read the book. I read the book. And one thing you've done successfully is you've, you've built and grown a business Mm -hmm. and you talked in one of our previous conversations about having a vision and you talked about the importance of having measurable benchmarks for success, identifying the right people to be in your organization and how to, to delegate to the right people to do the right things and all that jazz. Sure. There's an acronym in the book that that I use to try to capture a lot of those ideas. It's go deep. Okay. And you might remember go deep, but you probably don't remember what it stands for, but it's generate a vision. Okay. Outline the path, delegate, execute, evaluate, and then pivot. Mm-hmm. That's what the, uh, the go deep acronym stands for. And I posit that that framework, you know, which, which is really, it's, it's very derivative of all of these other business books, leadership mm-hmm. books that we've read. But I posit that that framework will help pretty much any, any organization, namely a dental sleep practice, um, succeed. Okay. Yeah. I don't disagree. Is there one of the, when you think about go deep as a construct, is there one of those letters places that's, mm, how do you say it? The weakest, what's the weakest link out of those? And I'm not saying weakest link as a, uh, how do businesses fail? I'm just saying as a construct where it was one of those, were they all like solid links that you just sort of boom, 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 boom. Or was it like that one? I'm not sure about. Yeah. No, it it wasn't that I I was trying to figure out what, what, what concept can I force into fit this acronym? Uh Um, I, I, I think but I think that if if there's one that's maybe the least important of them all, yeah, uh, it would be evaluating. So, okay, benchmarks, metrics, um, a scoreboard. Yeah, I, it's not that it's unimportant. Sure, um, I just don't think that it holds the same weight as those others. Gotcha. And which of those? I mean, you read the book, and mm-hmm. I just enumerated what those are. Which would you say is is the most and the least important? Oh, I mean, it's a good question. I don't have a great, I don't have a great answer for you. I'm just trying to think through what that, what that is. I I think the, um, trying to think if I agree with your, with sort of the evaluate part and whether that's kind of like, I think the pivoting part is 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 subtle, uh, area of importance, if that makes sense. Mm. Because I think to me, when I think about the acronym and I think about, you know, kind of how business goes and life goes, it's the, the, the constant pivot, the constant, you know, movement. I mean, that's the, you know, progress is this sort of everybody. You know, so like, as an example, I'm just on this concept, like part of my vision for Advent is for us to be coast to coast. Um, that's where we're going to, that's where we're going. That's where, where we're going to be. There's a current way that we've grown and the, the, the delta, the difference between where we are and where we're going to be is going to be mad pivot. Um, you know, the model will pivot, the, you know, where there's, there's various things we'll need to incorporate and stop doing and start doing. And um, that to me is the joy part of things. It's also the, 
the, the hardest thing for us to do as an organization as we get bigger is to let go of things that are no longer serving as mm-hmm. our purposes. So I, I guess I'm sort of focusing on the pivot part. I, I'm not saying it's the most important. I just sort of would say it's it's under recognized um, as a we'll call it a superpower. Mm-hmm. And the bigger back to David and Goliath um, pivoting, who's good at pivoting? David's really good at pivoting. Who sucks at pivoting? Goliath. What happened to Goliath? Dead. David King, you know what I'm saying? So, sure. so, you know, to, to, to the pivoter, uh, all, um, you know, the crown goes to the pivoter. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that that the other ones are any less important. It's just yeah. more kind of the whatever. The yeah. End. So, so I would say the most important would be the first one would be generating the vision. vision. I, I don't disagree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I guess I'd say I was just sort of thinking about that one, but generating a vision is cool. I, I just, the reason I just wonder about that one is a vision without action. Um, there's a saying, it's, some, like, it, it's not quite this thing, but something, it's basically a hallucination. So it, in my, it, it's sort of like a vision is great, mm-hmm. cool, I understand it. But if you can't do the rest of that, sure. um, I actually almost feel like you're worse off for having a vision and not turning it into action. Yeah, and, uh, and, and with that acronym, I would say that none of those exists by itself. It has to be part of that framework, part of that process, in, and in that order as well. Yeah. Because you're right, without the E, the first E, which mm-hmm. is execute, without that, this vision is for naught. It's, it's right. masturbatory. Yeah, no, I can see that. Although I'm just thinking about me as a person as I will guarantee you, I had no grand vision um, in 2004 when we started this mm-hmm. practice. Um, although um, to, to, to kind of honor uh, the acronym is that uh, when we really sort of got our sea legs was when I did get that vision. So there was sort of the, the, the arc in time before vision and an arc in time after vision. And you know, it's a, I, I guess I'd say we existed pre-vision and we actually did very well. I mean, I think we were, in my opinion, we were the, um, whatever, I, I guess I'm trying to how to characterize this. I think I thought in that pre-vision state, we were the best ENT practice in Wisconsin, humbly speaking. Um, post-vision state, um, you know, it's, it's a different trajectory and, and a different purpose at this point. Um, so vision's very, very powerful, mm-hmm. but I, I guess as an organization, we existed and were successful without, I mean, I, I guess I would then would say, well, wasn't your vision then pre kind of sort of full force advent, um, trying to be the best ENT practice in Wisconsin wouldn't, isn't that the vision? And it's okay, maybe I'll give it to you. You didn't say any of those things, but I'm attributing them to you. <laughs> Thanks. So good job. So let's, let's take the, so even though the, the vision changed, which I think would be part of the pivot, mm-hmm. right? Um, generate the vision, then you outline the path. Mm-hmm. So it's something that, and I, I would love to get an, an analog for this in, in your world, mm-hmm. in your experience. Oftentimes a dentist goes to a continuing ed, ed course, learns about sleep apnea treatment. They go, oh, this sounds really great. You know, I've got a healthy dose of altruism. I care about my patients. Mm-hmm. And hey, why not add a new procedure and make some more loot? Mm-hmm. And then they, maybe they buy a product or sign up for some service or something like that. They come back to the practice. They don't really mm-hmm. articulate to the team what the expectations are, what's going to happen, yep. why they're doing it. And the team just goes, oh, here we go again with another one of these things. They kind of try to mollify the dentist initially and then eventually just go back to the way things were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that repeats ad infinitum practices across the country. Sure. So 
you've got to outline the path. You've got to let everyone know, here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing, doing it. And this is what the path forward looks like. Mm -hmm. Can you give me an example where in your, in your professional life where that didn't happen and the, the outcome and then where it did and, and the positive outcome. Outlining the vision, you outlining mean? the path, the path. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think about it. I mean, to me, I think the, I'll go with the, when, when it did happen was the, um, was when we incorporated in office, uh, nose and sinus procedures into the practice that started as a exploration, a let's try it. Let's, we're going to try that, try this. And then it, then it turned into a, well, we, 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 when we did this, it really had made a significant impact. Um, and gosh, this is really going to kind of change, um, the trajectory. So what kind of impact impact on our patients? So meaning uh, what, what we were able to do in off in the office and achieve results, uh, that I previously was only able to achieve by taking somebody to the operating room, which was an inconvenient truth. It's actually, I didn't want to do, I'm using it as a slightly different direction, but is it's like, I don't, this is information I don't actually like because I like going, I'm a surgeon. I like to go to the operating room. I like to operate on patients. Um, I'd rather not uh, do work on awake patients. Uh, and now I have to do this thing because it's the right thing to do for our patients. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was, it was, I mean, part of that was, I guess we'll call it the, 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 the G part, the vision part. And then part of it was sort of um, now, you know, outlining uh, a path of, okay, well, you know, how are we going to do this? That path in that instance was simply, um, okay, well now I'm going to, my PAs are going to need to, um, assist me in offering a surgery option and an office-based option to our patients. And then, you know, how you say against my will, they chose the office option. And so we're, 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 we're going down this pathway where we're moving towards the office because that's what our patients wanted regardless of what I want. So I don't know if I view that as a success or a failure, honestly, because I, I, you know, I used to be a surgeon and I used to do a lot of operations and I used to get a lot of good outcomes. And, you know, now, I mean, my, my career has kind of changed, but, yeah. um, you know, we've kind of gone in a, in a direction that was good for our patients, but probably again, against, against my will. Um, as far as when an, an, an example of when it didn't happen. When you, when you failed to outline the path forward. I think that's probably more often than not at this point that happens. Um, meaning that I, 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 and I guess where I'm what, as Advent become bigger, it, it becomes more and more difficult to implement anything new. Mm-hmm. And so in order to implement anything new, um, as a specific example, I personally, if it's a, if it's an initiative of mine, I have to be crystal clear on the vision. Like that's, that is step one. I've got to get it dialed in and then I've got to be able to, I, then I have to think about, you know, okay, how are we going to go play this out? And then I have to, um, explain to others and educate them about this. And, um, all of those things are hard. And then, um, what ends up happening is that oftentimes I'm not as clear as I need to be, uh, or, or clear in my mind as I need to be, or clear in my words as I need to be so that things kind of stumble out of the gate and it doesn't go the way it's supposed to go. Um, so if you don't, I guess back to the acronym, I'd say if you don't have enough momentum, 
Like if you're on the ground and you're not even moving, you're not going to be able to pivot. So you have to be at least crawling or, you know, stumbling forward in order to pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, if you aren't moving, you aren't pivoting, uh, if that makes sense. Sure. But, the, but I guess I'll go back to, but when you are pivoting, when you have some motion going, some, some inertia, you know, moving, um, then the pivoting is, it's sort of like this, to me, I view it as, like I'm now have a vision in my head of something stumbling forward and the, the stumbling and the pivoting is, it's like a, I'm thinking Frankenstein where you're stumbling and you're pivoting, but every time you take another step forward, you're getting a little bit more solid ground underneath mm-hmm. you. And then you're actually, you know, Oh gosh, he's walking. And now, well, I don't think Frankenstein ran, but I'll have to check my movies on that one, but you know what I'm saying? But like from a business standpoint, that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be, I guess, sort of where I'm going with your acronym uh, or with the acronym is is um, that stumbling phase is the phase where most people stop. It's what you were describing when with, with incorporating uh, oral appliance therapy into mm-hmm. practice. It's, it's not easy, it's hard. If you don't have a vision about why this is important, stop, because you know that's human nature. Sure. Even if you have a vision and you meet them, if you have a pathway, um, I always use this analogy, like we're t- when we, as we expand, we're opening uh, clinics up and that's, and there's like a, a list of kind of an orderly list of, oh, this is gonna be look like this. And I'd say, I say this all the time is like, Okay, great. Well, we now know the one thing that's never going to like what's never going to happen is those clinics uh, in those uh, places on those dates. Mm -hmm. So like now we're clear on that, meaning that life happens, you know, we can't get a lease where we want to get it. So how are we going to how are we going to pivot Mm -hmm. um, if that and and so that's to me the thing that um, is very uncomfortable pivoting. Mm -hmm. Um, Stumbling is uncomfortable. Pivoting is uncomfortable. It's much, much easier just to not do any of that and Mm -hmm. just stay in just stay where you're at. Yeah. But it's really not. I mean, it's painful to be stagnant. I think it's painful. I think it's miserable. I'm just saying for a, a, a typical, the mind, I guess here's a, the mindset that most people walk around the, in the world with is a mindset where I'll just call it failure. Stumbling, the word, I use the word stumbling, another person would call that failure. Not even, not being, not walk, being able to walk in a coordinated manner is kind of a failure is in that analogy. So failure is the crucial ingredient to success. And, and, and people say that and they're like, oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. You know, oh, he's just- sounds, kind of, It sounds cool on, a, it sounds on, cool. on an office poster. On a LinkedIn little thread, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, but, but people don't live a life that sure. honors that because, you know, I, I think part of it is we're programmed, um, culturally programmed to the opposite. And, and because we all go through a schooling system that getting an F- is never uh, a mark of success, you know what I mean? And, and that, you know, you, you take this this human being that's, you know, wide-eyed and sort of bushy-tailed, you put them through an educational system that, I mean, the reason we have the educational system that we have is to indoctrinate uh, little children into this culture. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's not just about this, it's, it's all humanity. I don't think any culture um, probably cherishes failure. Mm-hmm. Um, but failure, your willingness to fail, uh, your willingness to pivot because of those failings, um, is, is the only pathway towards true success. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's super crucial. So taking that, that giving somebody that latitude to fail, mm-hmm. is part of delegating appropriately, right? I mean, sure. micromanaging someone just kills morale. Yeah, it well, kills and, both people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 inhibiting for everyone. Yeah. So when when delegating appropriately, how do you give 
at Advent or you personally, when you work with your team, mm-hmm. how do you give them the autonomy to make decisions and act accordingly, giving them some safe space to fail Mm -hmm. while also ensuring that you've given them guardrails where they don't uh, run off the road. I'm probably very imperfect in all those things, honestly. Uh, You know, I'm trying to be better as a human being and (laughs) as a leader and and all things. Mm -hmm. And I I think the the key to success there goes back to what I was saying is for expectations and reality and all all that kind of the, 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 that concept is simply that. And, and I think to me on this specific example, my expectation, you know, say in this example, there's, there's somebody that that's, you know, starting out, I have an expectation that they, they are going to fail. They're going to stumble. Um, so it's a matter of when that happens, what we have here is an opportunity to learn from what happened. And so let's not let, let's not run away from it. Let's not even, you know, um, you know, shield our eyes from it. Let's, 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 let's basically, let's go out in the world and let's, let's plan on getting you uh, prepared to succeed and win. Um, and then let us take the losses and the injuries. And um, it's almost like you win either way. When we win, we win. And when we lose, that's that, that is the perfect time, the time to run the tape back and say, well, what happened here? Were you not clear about what you're supposed to do? Um, did you simply, did you have a bad day? Did you have a bad moment? You, you know, you're supposed to do, I mean, it's hard with that. You, you did, you knew you were supposed to pick the phone up, right? It was the third ring. You, you didn't pick it up. And you know what? It just, mm-hmm. it has to get down to the specific level, but then, then that's a beautiful thing in my opinion. And then, and then if there's a, a manager or a leader and somebody that they're trying to manage or lead, um, then you're embracing life and life is probably two thirds failure and one third avoiding those failures for most people. Um, and for people who are maybe on a more winning path, it's probably two thirds failure and one third, you know, kind of being like, Whew, this feels pretty good, but you know, and then in a way, uh, Kobe Bryant has various sayings on this, but or had various sayings on this, which is is exactly this mindset: is that the, the you know the 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 score, while it does take care of itself, is secondary to the process, and mm-hmm. the process is um, embracing that when life gives you the opportunity to learn from something, and you're never. I don't believe that. I I don't personally ever learn when something goes perfectly. Mm-hmm. I don't learn anything. I learn like, oh, that's great. That went perfectly. Yeah. So I, I learn when this didn't go how I thought it was going to go. And I love that from mm-hmm. a growth, as a growth mind, you know, mm-hmm. having a growth mindset in, in that, what it ends, there's a, a concept called anti-fragile, mm-hmm. which is exactly that. Anti-fragile isn't just resilience. Anti-fragility is actually becoming stronger from challenge and failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, anti-fragility is a powerful mindset to have. Um, it isn't something that's taught in school. I guess going back to that concept, it's not something that we're, we're trained to it's do. It's counter to what's taught in school. It's exactly that. And especially in this day and age, fragility is cherished. Mm-hmm. You're fragile, you're hurt, you're injured. And people, um, you know, they promote yeah. their injury. So, so you, your Advent is growing considerably mm-hmm. at, a, at, a, at a pretty quick rate. Yeah. You're hiring all over the place. Sure. A lot of people are increasingly fragile. Sure. You're seeking anti-fragile individuals, <laughs> anti-fragile individuals with you know unique clinical skill sets uh-huh. uh, that live in this geographic area. You know the list keeps growing. Sure. And and the and the the 
pool of candidate get, candidates gets smaller. Uh, that pool gets uh, shallower, more shallow and, and murkier, yep. right? So how do you bring aboard the right anti-fragile team members? How do you do that? Because this is something that when I, I actually got a call the other night from mm-hmm. a dentist and uh, two time zones away from me, I guess she was up really late because it was late my time. Yeah. And she called and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I cannot hire good people. Yep. And, and it's, it, you know, it's, it's having a negative effect on the business. I have more referrals coming in than I, I can't get these patients appointed in an appropriate amount of time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one market. Mm-hmm. You're in multiple markets. How do you do this? It's not easy. <laughs> and it will, it, it, it's not easy. It's, the, it's probably the most difficult challenge that I face and we face. And I think Part of the way that we do it is we acknowledge the fact that the pool of individuals that we're picking from and the culture that they live in is um, n- not, it, it, uh, it's almost sort of assuming that somebody's going to come in with the wrong wiring um, because they're part of the society. And so, you know, I think step one is, and we've done, I mean, I, we've done this, I've done this, is, is as clearly as I can possibly be articulate what success looks like in this organization. So we have our core values, um, but we, we call them our fundamentals or our values in action, is, which is 21 specific behaviors that, that mean success in this organization. And every week we go through one of those behaviors mm-hmm. until we get to week 22 when we go back to number one. So that's just an example of just being back to outlining, you know, things. That's key. Would you mind running us through what those 21 are real quick? I don't even know what I, I, nobody, including me, needs to memorize all 21 of them. But they're they're simple concepts. Um, You know, the first one. Give me a few, yeah. I mean, the the first one is basically know the why. So it gets gets back to why why do we exist as an organization? We exist to unlock potential, unlock the potential in our patients. That's why we exist. And there's actually a whole little, you know, sort of exercise that goes along with that. Um, the, the, the concept I was talking about before is in, incorporated in one of our, um, you know, one of those fundamentals, which is all disappointment exists in the gap between um, expectations and reality. So it, when I say it once, okay, great. When I say it twice, fine. Um, when, every, you know, once a, well, once every 21 weeks we cover that topic, there's a learning opportunity throughout my organization to say, that's not like nor- the normal world doesn't think like that. They don't say that sort of mm-hmm. thing, but that's what we do here. So, at what's Advent. different between Advent and a cult? It's probably the same ingredients. <laughs> better leadership, uh, <laughs> less, 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 uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but anyway, no, it, it's to say, um, I, well, let me go this way, not facetiously, facetiously or both, you know, either way I, I was an anthropology and religion major in, in college. I never thought those things would serve me useful in, in, in the world. And yeah. yet in my current role, those two things are powerful. Yes. So, you know, that it gets back to culture. So the key to all things in an organization, big or small, is culture. What's the one thing I can't personally specifically control? Culture. Culture comes from the people who are in this organization and uh, the people in this organization have changed over time. The culture is actually changed too, but I think it's become better. And and so that to me is the key to success when you bring people into an organization is having being extraordinarily thoughtful about what that culture is and um, allowing it to move as it needs to move. Um, but if you, and if you don't have that, um, and if, I think you could, in a small organization, 
you can impart your will uh, on people in a bigger organization. If you're sort of loosey-goosey on that sort of stuff, um, you know, all hope is, is lost. now, yeah. So it, it, like in Advent, and again, these are internal things. I'm just kind of talking about them right now. So I'm CEO of this organization, so I lead this organization. I have what I call, we have three crown jewels. Uh, our culture is one of those things. Our proven clinical process is the other one, and our brand promise is, is the other. As CEO of this organization, my duty is to protect, preserve, cherish, um, uh, hone, um, those three things. Um, that's, that's my job. That's my job description is that, and that's a full-time job at this point. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I guess the reason I'm saying it and the way I'm saying it is, um, if, if, if the leader of an organization isn't crystal clear on some of these, you know, what's important or what's not important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All hope is lost. Sure. I mean, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then there's the, the, the E in execute. Mm-hmm. This is where I think, I, I, so I see a, a lot of dentists, and this probably exists in your world too. I see a lot of dentists at the same courses again and again and again, year after year. Mm-hmm. And they're going to, they're going to make sleep uh, the, the focus of their practice as soon as they get credentialed with this organization, mm-hmm. as soon as they get... Uh, that finish whatever this diplomate status, whatever sure. it might be, or attain that diplomate status, and it never happens. Sure. So they've got uh, more textbooks on their shelf than you know the shelf is bowing from the weight, but it, they just don't take action. Mm-hmm. You strike me, and your success thus far strikes me as somebody that that has a propensity for or proclivity for action. Mm-hmm. Fair? Absolutely. I mean, action is that that's all that matters. I mean, I guess I don't really I'm tend to be very uh, I think about everything all the time. But when I'm my best self, I'm doing. And so action is what matters. And I think for kind of specific to sort of the dental sleep community and, and the medical community community as a whole, there is too much sort of, we'll call it navel gazing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sort of sit here and I'm just going to wait until I have all the right things in all the right places before I actually do something. Yeah. And the problem is there are people out there, you know, in the world who they, they don't need your perfection. They need your action. And especially when you think about, um, you know, the, the sleep disorder breathing space, the breathing triangle space, like th- that's sort of my, my hypothesis is that, you know, sort of imperfect action actually taken Mm -hmm. is better than perfect action being calculated. Mm -hmm. Um, pencils being sharpened. Um, give me a dull pencil. Um, and I'll, I'll show you the work that happened. Give me a pencil sharpener and I'll show you that potential for things. And I'll take, give me a dull pencil and you know, something that needs to be done Mm -hmm. or give me the person who, 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 who's, who kind of walks around with a dull pencil because they do all the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's, that's my hero. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense, The, the person sort of sitting there sharpening pencils, um, great, wonderful for you. Um, but I, I do respect kind of the, kind of the, 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 the sweat on the brow of somebody who's, who's doing something. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in medicine and healthcare, um, you know, that's, we were talking about writing a book before that's really, it's hard work. Um, it's sometimes, um, the, the, let me just make it simple. There's danger in doing. Mm-hmm. So why are these people so cautious about, gosh, I got to get that, whatever that credential is behind my name. I got to get this. I got to get that. 
because when you do, you actually have actually stepped your foot into the arena and it's a whole lot more comfortable to be that critic mm. is what I'm saying. So back to that, that same yeah, concept. You're vulnerable. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, yes, you, you're vulnerable and you're, and I think that some of this might be coming from a good place. It's like, gosh, I might, what if I do damage to this person? I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that either. But, um, I'll, I'll say that depending on what you're talking about, but I'd say if, if, you know, if you're kind of, sort of, it depends on what we're talking about, you know, 80%, if you're kind of 80% solid in something, how important is that last 20% or 10% or whatever sure. the case may be? It depends on what we're talking about, mm -hmm. but most things in, in business and actually in, in the practice of, of medicine, um, 80% is good enough, you know, good enough. It's basically like sort of, kind of, again, it depends on what we're talking about, but Generally speaking, you got it 80% down. Why don't you go out there, go out in the playing field and do it and learn, execute, pivot, you know, and pivot, 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 pivot. That pivoting will get you that last 20%. Um, that's kind of how I think through things. That's how I do things. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, you know, as when I was a full time clinician, I was an early adopter of new technology. Um, you know, and that's very, uh, uh uncomfortable, disconcerting. Sure. And, and, and so a lot of things, I mean, all of the things that at, basically everything that Advent does, I was not trained to do in my, you know, medical training. Mm -hmm. It was me exploring and finding, okay, this is something we can yeah. use. Oral appliance therapy is in that, on that, in that list at this point. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we've talked about it before, but I'd say, no, that's something, you know, uh, from a, uh, learning as you're, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would believe that everybody in the dental sleep community who's good, got good by doing and pivoting and, and, you know, evaluating and, 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 but it's the, it's the, the act of doing yeah. and learning from the doing is how you do it. But sitting here, uh, hoping and, and worry that you're going to fail, uh, means that you are a failure. And criticizing everyone else that's doing it. I mean, at this point, I guess at least for me personally, I, I, I actually, back to anti-fragile, I love the critics at this yeah. point because the, the, the critics by definition, I don't, and there's, again, I don't know if this is true, but there's a saying that, you know, nobody, um, nobody's criticizing somebody who's, who's doing less or I'm sorry, more work yeah. than yeah. they are, yeah. which I think is true. It kind of gets back to my, you know, my, my, my point, but you know, the critics, the cr critics, who's a critic? Everybody's a critic. I'm a critic too at times. And that's when I'm at my worst self. I'm at my worst self when I'm sitting and judging somebody who's actually doing something. And if I'm, I, as an example, I read books, you've written a book. I've never written a book. I'm, I am not in the arena with you there. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in the arena with everybody. Anybody else has written a book. Uh, I, do I have my opinion on books? Absolutely. Am I, am I entitled to my opinion? Absolutely. Um, does my opinion, um, count as much as yours does as a, um, you know, warrior? No, it doesn't, you know, the, it, it's not the critic that counts. So in that example, I'd say, you know, yeah, I don't know how you say it. Is your, is your book perfect? Are you asking is, is that a rhetorical question? I, no, it's, 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 it's not perfect. Of course I, I, it's not. It's not perfect. perfect. I'm sure no. there, there's probably some grammatical error. There's probably something that's sure. just not, you know, not right, but, let, but let, it's there. It right. exists. Let, let me share this with you. The book came out. I had to, so sent to the editor, it was supposed to be published by this company and ready for the AADSM meeting. Mm -hmm. There were delay, there was delay after delay after delay. And I realized it's not going to come out. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to wait another year. Sure. So I went to Amazon and just self-published it. Yep. And there were myriad errors because I uploaded the wrong version of the manuscript. Oh man. Okay. 
right? Yeah. But I got it out like, I don't know, four days, five days a week before mm-hmm. the meeting. I get to the meeting, all the buzz. Jason, you wrote this book. Oh, I got, I got a copy. I already read it. Da, 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 da. And then a friend of mine uh, that's, he's a dentist and an editor. Okay. And he said, I read the book. It's great. And I said, thank you. This is 10 minutes after arriving at the meeting. Yeah. I've just walked through the throngs of raving fans. <laughs> right. And then he said, and I want to show you on this page and on this page and on this, and it's all these errors. Sure. And some of them were, I mean, they were gross errors, not even just grammatical errors. Sure. There were things like a sentence just stopped. <laughs> right. Because yeah. I, I've used the wrong version of the manuscript. And that taught me, I learned a lesson from that, right? I mean, yeah. it, was, it was about humility. Mm-hmm. I learned a lesson about uh, sometimes slowing down a little bit, checking and rechecking and rechecking again my work. That, that but but ultimately I got the book out. Like there's no regrets about it. Sure, I got the book out. A bunch of people read it. Then I made the changes. Fortunately, while while it was bummed that I had to go through Amazon, mm-hmm. um, you can upload changes in a day. Sure, no biggie. Right. But even still, is it perfect? No. But you know what I did. I wrote a damn book and you just gave me a moment ago, the closest thing I'll ever get as a compliment from you. <laughs> okay. So on that note, we're done. Yeah, you better, when you get a compliment from me, you better just yeah. end it. Over. <laughs> awesome. Next week on Out of Breath. What are you afraid of? Silence. 